0: feeling that you are not alone don't worry it's just a ghost a shout out to tia mayhem and tanya venom of stormstress for providing the incredible intro music for this podcast hello and welcome to it's just a ghost i am your host mary jensen sorry this is going to be kind of a short episode today i will be reading with permission from david j schmidt a little bit from ghosts recordings of the past the tiny staircase series all rights reserved but next week perry and i will be back with an episode talking about the most haunted cemetery in rhode island and also considered one of the most haunted cemeteries in all of new england this is from ghosts recordings of the past the Tiny Staircase Series, all rights reserved by David J. Schmidt. From Chapter 5, One Last Visit. Quote from David. This is another account from the campus of Point Loma Nazarene University, the haunted college. A point of clarification, every dormitory at PLNU has its own resident director an adult employee of the university who lives in the dorm full-time. The resident director, formerly known as the resident counselor, oversees the entire dorm. Most resident directors are well loved and respected by the students in their dorms. Their job is a combination of counselor, social event coordinator, apartment manager, therapist, and handyman. Carl contacted me to tell me about what he saw. Carl graduated from PLNU in May 1991 and returned to the campus in the fall of that year for homecoming week." End of quote. Carl was walking on the paved pathway that runs alongside the college's tennis courts. It was a typical balmy, sunny day in San Diego. He had just been to the gym and was on his way to visit some old friends in a dormitory across campus. As he passed by the tennis courts, Carl noticed a familiar face coming towards him. It was Vince, a beloved resident counselor from one of the dorms on campus. Carl was about to wave hello to Vince when he heard the voice of Bobby, a former classmate of his. "'Where are you headed?' Bobby asked. "'Oh, I'm just on my way down to Hendricks Hall to visit—' "'Hey, wait a second!' Carl looked around. "'You didn't see Vince anywhere around?' "'What's wrong, Carl?' Oh, I just saw Vince Atman, the RC from Clausen Hall. I was going to say hi to him, but he must have turned around and walked back. After Bobby left, Carl looked around again. He saw no sign of Vince anywhere. He jogged past the tennis courts to a point where he could see far off into the distance. There was nobody anywhere nearby. Carl couldn't figure out where Vince had gone. Then he remembered that Vince had recently died. Vince had been a well-loved employee of the college since he started working as a resident counselor years ago. Then tragedy struck earlier that year. Vince was jogging along the seaside cliffs west of campus one night when he lost his footing. He fell down the cliffs and was fatally injured. Carl felt shocked, but not frightened. This experience didn't feel like the sort of ghost story that people told around a campfire where a troubled spirit comes back to haunt someone. This just felt like Carl had seen a dear friend. Carl had always felt a great deal of respect and admiration for Vince. Carl had been at the tearful memorial service and mourned the loss of Vince along with hundreds of other students and faculty. All these sad memories faded when Carl realized he had seen Vince walking past the tennis courts. Though, the only thought in his mind was that it was nice to see his old friend one last time next one by David J. Schmidt, All Rights Reserved, from the Tiny Staircase series, is from Chapter 9, The Haunted Chapel. This reconstructed conversation is based on my discussions with several former security guards from Point Loma Nazarene University. Stories like this one suggest that maybe even churches can be haunted, end quote. Thomas, Pedro, and Dylan were student security guards. The three of them sat in the public safety headquarters on campus, playing cards and drinking Mountain Dew. The clock on the wall showed that it was a few minutes after 1 a.m. I'm not saying the college is haunted, Pedro continued. I'm just saying I've heard a lot of stories. People say that some weird things happen here at night, in the old buildings, especially. You know where I get the creep?" said Thomas? Cabrillo Hall. And all those stories about Madame Tingley contacting dead spirits in there, worshiping the devil, whatever she used to do, it really weirds me out. Me? I get creeped out by the science building, said Pedro. "Oh, science? asked Thomas. Why would it be haunted? It's a new building. It's not like Madame Tingley ever worshiped the devil in there or anything. It's still a scary place to go into at night. It's all huge and sterile and empty. Not to mention there's dead bodies in there. Oh, right, Thomas said, for the dissections. Yeah, I hate walking through there at night, you know? You don't have to be superstitious to get creeped out about being alone with a bunch of dead bodies. I get it. What about you, Dylan? Do you think the stories could be true? Any buildings on campus you think are haunted? Sure, Brown Chapel. The two other officers laughed out loud. When they looked back at Dylan, he was dead serious. The church, said Pedro, incredulously. You're afraid of the church? I'm not afraid of the chapel. I'm I'm just saying it feels like a place that's haunted. Yeah, it's haunted, Thomas said. It's haunted by the Holy Ghost. He paused after his lame joke, waiting for laughter that never came. I'm serious, Dylan continued. I think it's one of the all time creepiest places on campus. Pedro stood to pull a new can of Mountain Dew from the cardboard case. But it's a chapel. People sing. Shout to the Lord in there and read their Bible. That's not exactly a haunted house. Still, I get a weird vibe in there when I walk through the chapel at night. All right, Thomas said. Spell it, Dylan. What are you getting at, exactly? Dylan leaned forward and put his elbows on the table. He took a moment for dramatic pause. It's like this guys, I feel like the chapel is full of all guilty feelings people bring in there. Being in church or here at Loma attending a chapel service three times a week, it can bring out a lot of complicated feelings in someone. All the stress of trying to be good enough, all the anxiety of feeling like God might reject you, like God might send you to hell if you're bad enough. I feel like all the guilt and stress, it, it accumulates. It all builds up like a big, dark cloud, and it hangs there, somewhere under the rafters of the chapel. But that's not the kind of message you hear in the chapel, Pedro said. It's not like they're giving us hellfire and brimstone sermons every week. Usually, we just sing some worship songs and hear about God's love or God's faithfulness. True, said Dylan but for some people, there's something about being in a church service that triggers off the bad stuff from their previous churches. Sounds like this chick I used to date, Thomas said. She used to go out with a lot of assholes. It's like she got traumatized by it or something. When she was with me, she was always nervous, afraid I'd end up being just as much of an asshole as her past boyfriends were. Are you sure she was wrong? Dylan said. He and Pedro laughed, and Thomas gave Dylan the finger in mock anger. Seriously, though, Dylan continued, that's what I'm getting at. People go into a chapel like the one here on campus, and it brings up all the bad memories from their home churches. All the shame they might have learned from their youth pastor back home. You're a bad person if you get angry at someone. You're a bad person if you have a sexual thought. You're a bad person if you masturbate or get to second base with your girlfriend or boyfriend. I don't have a boyfriend, dude, said Thomas. I don't mean you. I mean you like someone like anyone who grew up in a strict church. People go to youth group and Wednesday night Bible study and Sunday morning service their whole lives. They hear all these messages about how wicked they are, about how evil premarital sex is, about how evil it is to be gay or to be a Muslim or to be a Democrat. There's a lot of opportunities to be evil, and that's a lot of guilt. Does all that guilt just disappear? Thomas and Pedro were listening to Dylan in silence now. They had more serious expressions on their faces. Pedro finally spoke up. So that's what you're thinking about when you get the creeps in the chapel, Dylan? I go in there when I'm doing nighttime building checks, and I get this real uncomfortable feeling. It's like I can feel all the residual guilt of hundreds of people thinking about God's wrath and sin in there. All the bad feelings accumulated over years and years. I walk in there and you can smell it. You can almost feel it hanging above you, like a big black cloud somewhere up by the ceiling. All that guilt and shame, it doesn't just disappear. I don't know where it goes, but it doesn't disappear. The three boys sat in silence in the public safety office. The wall clock continued to tick. I get your point, Thomas finally said. Still, I don't know why you would call the chapel haunted. There's no spirits in there. It's not like any students died in there or anything. No, Dylan said, but maybe there's more than one way for a place to be haunted. here's one final story from the Tiny Staircase series by David J. Schmidt, All Rights Reserved. This is from Chapter 11, The Slenderman and the Whaley House. As Louisa spent more time working at the Whaley House of Old Town San Diego, she witnessed more and more phenomena that looked like shadows of the past. A human head and a torso that suddenly appeared. A sense of sadness that came out of nowhere a sound of laughter in an empty room. But with time, she started to notice other things that had nothing to do with the history of the place. As Louisa spoke with people who worked in other parts of Old Town, she learned that strange phenomena were not limited to historic buildings, like the Whateley House. Sometimes ghosts appeared in new buildings as well. It's almost like this whole place has a unique vibe about it, one employee told Louisa. People see and hear things all over Old Town. Houses get haunted that aren't ancient at all. It's like the spirits, or ghosts, or whatever they are. They aren't confined to places where people used to live. As Louisa discovered one cloudy afternoon at the Whaley House, sometimes those ghosts didn't look like anything in the natural world at all. Louisa was standing by the back door to the Whaley House on this particular day. She had just shown a group of tourists from the Midwest through the house when she saw the dark clouds gathering outside. She put on her shawl. As Louisa said goodbye to the departing tourists, a blonde woman with a camera dangling from her neck approached her. The woman was visibly upset. Excuse me, can I talk to you? Certainly, Louisa said. Is something wrong? Well, you were talking about the... The phenomena that people sometimes catch on their cameras, right? That's right, Louisa said. Sometimes people catch spots of light or darkness or orbs in their photos. Do you think it's legit when these things show up in photos? Sometimes it definitely has a natural explanation, a speck of dust on the camera lens, or a drop of moisture. Why, did you catch some orbs in your photos? No, not exactly. Here, why don't you take a look? The woman leaned forward to turn the screen of her digital camera towards Luisa. Luisa saw a heavy-set man and blonde boy in the foreground of the photo. That's my husband and son right there, the woman said. The man was smiling. The boy was eating an ice cream cone. Behind them was one of the large two-story white buildings that stand behind the Whaley house. Luisa didn't see any orbs or unusual shapes near the two people. I'm sorry, she said. What should I be looking for in this photo? Behind them, the woman said. The white wooden building? That's actually a brand new building. It wasn't part of the original Whaley House at all. It was built a couple of decades ago. No, the woman said. She had lowered her voice. Behind the building, the... The thing behind it. She pointed at the edge of the white building on the camera screen. Then Louisa saw it a tall, thin, black profile. It was humanoid, but had elongated, unnatural features. The profile seemed to be leaning out from behind the white house, dangling its arm down towards the ground. Louisa knew there were no trees or objects nearby that could have cast a shadow in that shape. Look how tall it is, the woman said in an even more hushed voice. The figure's head reached to the top of the building at least 12 feet off the ground, and Louisa knew that there was nothing behind that white building that anyone could have stood on. The figure, the man, or or whatever it was, would have to be twice as tall as a human to reach the top of the building. As Louisa turned to lock the door to the Whaley house, she felt a chill overcome her. She pulled her shawl more tightly around her neck. You can visit David J. Schmidt on his website at holyghoststories.com and also you can purchase his books on Amazon. Background music by Fesleyan Studios. That's F-E-S-L-I-Y-A-N studios.com As always, please email us your paranormal experiences too. It's just a ghost podcast at yahoo.com and we will read them on an upcoming episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can help us grow and get our name out there by telling your friends about us, and we would be thrilled if you would leave us five stars. This helps people find us out there in the sea of podcasts. It's all free, so why not, right? You can follow us on Facebook at It's Just a Ghost Podcast, and on twitter at it's just a ghost too that's the number 2 remember ghosts are people too until next